Hey, biggest. How you going, mate? I'm good. I mean, I am really good because. Well, we'll get to it in a sec, but you're not sounding good, but you are good, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I um, Yeah, sorry. Apologies to the listeners. How are you guys going? I uh, I got a head cold. Don't worry. It's nothing nothing bad. I uh, I got the, the swab, the COVID swab. Not oh, very nice. Uh, it wasn't nice, man. It was pretty yuck. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's pretty yuck. But um, I, I think it's like one of those things. It's like one of those things everyone will go through at some point during these times. So I've, done, I've got mine out of the way and... I'm fine. So yeah, despite how I sound, all good, all good. How have you been? Now, let me. I'm. I've been good. Let me just quickly yeah. drop this name uh, real quick. Matt Chechen and I were having a chat. Oh yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he had just. He is obviously in the bubble of of craziness, and he um had had one of his temperatures zero point zero one over whatever the average was, and, yeah. and his phone and whole world exploded. Yeah. Um. It turned out to be a false read because he he took the measurement again, like thirty minutes later, as per the. As per the um, guidelines, and he was back at a normal temperature, and it was just a it was just a false read. But um, regardless, the NRL um, made him do a COVID test just in case, and he was telling me it's really horrible because they put the thing up your nose and oh. then jab the back of your eyeball, and then they use the same swab he said for the one down his throat. And he was like, "Well, this is gross enough. I'm going to be sick just having something up my nose and then down my throat." I didn't realize but, uh, it was the same swab because I probably had my eyes closed or I was looking away. But now, well, thanks for telling me. Um, that's, <laughs> You're welcome. That's fucking disgusting. But uh, anyway, we're yeah. not here to talk about that. And I'm glad you got to name drop Matt Chechen. That's excellent. You've name dropped Andrew Voss on this show, Matt Chechen. That's oh, I can't wait. To, I love hearing all the people <laughs> well, that know Vossi, who Big T is. Vossi just talked about me, not knowing me at all. But the um, let's talk, while we're talking quickly about NRL, let's just dip into the fact that we had a double win yeah. this weekend. That was great. We spoke about it last week and it's happened and yeah. you're obviously very happy. You guys played very well in the first half, although you probably didn't watch it because you're on dad duties. Um, dad duties for sure that night. <laughs> but, um, and myself, we had, a, we had a win as well, the Dragons, but, you know, typical Dragons fan. I don't know if you know too many Dragons fans, Big T, but we're never happy. And, uh, you know, that result was okay. It was all right. You know, we want more. Yeah, you are ridiculous. <laughs> uh, great. Now, how about hashtag Grow Rugby League? I saw that recently that you've that you've rebranded the hashtag and it's such a better brand. I'm it's gl- such a better hashtag to say. I'm glad you mentioned it. Let's talk about it. But first, let me just say, welcome oh. to the podcast, guys. I'm Michael Carboni. He's Big T. This is episode 71 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. All right, guys, welcome to the show. Um, man, do I? How do I sound, Big T? Do I sound as sexy as you with this little little illness that I've got going on? Well, you, you often sound sexier than me. You just like saying that it's the other way around. You it's know, like when you say to a kid, they're a big boy. Oh, look, you're a big boy. No, you're, you're, a big boy. you're a sexy you're voice. A boy. You know who's got a good voice? Uh, Albie Tellerino. Have you heard Have you heard their new podcast? That uh, Albie Tellerico. Tellerico. The, Sorry. The greatest name in rugby league. Uh, I have. I love that one. The The front office podcast. Yeah, that was really good. I think that's what it's love called it. anyway. Give it, a, give it a listen, guys. It's, I listened to their first episode. Uh, Albie and uh, the NRL Economist. It was interesting. So I think it's on. 
I think it's on Spotify. Well, it's on sure Apple it's... now. That's why I got to oh, listen it to it. Okay. Yeah, so it came out right. on Apple today. That's why I got to listen to it. So, yeah, check that out. But Albie's a legend, one of my uh, Italian-Australian brothers who I've never met, but I'm sure he's a great guy. <laughs> but, yeah, Big T, as, as you mentioned, hashtag Grow Rugby League. So um, we started this new hashtag a few days ago. It's got a good response. I really want people to start using it. So, obviously, we use hashtag Grow the Game a fair bit, or we've used that a fair bit in the past. And it wasn't started by us. Uh, there's a few people that claim to have started that hashtag, um, but we sort of took it on and made it our own. And a lot of people sort mm. of associate hashtag grow the game with chasing kangaroos. But what I've always noticed is that, or what I noticed early on is that that hashtag is not necessarily only related to rugby league. So there's like a lot yeah. of like golf posts and things like that and other sports as well. But by the time <laughs> I realized that it was kind of like too late and I'd sort of always thought, oh, we need a new hashtag, but it just always, it never, I don't know. I just never really happened. And then a few days ago, I was talking to um, George Stilianos, the president of the Greek rugby league association who we have lots of chats and he's a good, a big listener of the show for a long time. So shout out to you, George. And he just said, carbs like, Hashtag grow the game. Have you ever thought about changing that? And I said, yeah, it's funny you say that. Like I have because like it's not specific to rugby league. And he's like, well, yeah, that's kind of why I mentioned it. Like I reckon you should change it to something else. So we kind of decided or agreed on hashtag grow rugby league. And I just want to get it out there. I want to use that. I want to make it about rugby league. I want to make it about those guys and girls doing the hard yards to grow our great sport and yeah, hopefully it hopefully it picks up. But yeah, if you've seen the post, feel free to share it. Feel free to use hashtag Grow Rugby League. And uh, yeah, speaking of George Stilianos, actually, little golden point. I'll sneak one in right away, Big T. But he mentioned that um, <laughs> I've got to do it. You know, he mentioned that um, Greek Rugby League. They are they're obviously starting later this year their new season. But um, I think this weekend they're going to be having um, some trial matches. So they they they've been training for the last couple of weeks. Uh, COVID restrictions have died down a little bit. They've been in training and they're going to have some trial matches uh, this weekend. So Greek Rugby League, uh, yeah, golden point. They're getting back out there, mate. You got anything for me? Yeah, well, I would suggest to any listeners that they follow hashtag Rugby League. If you're on Instagram, you can follow hashtags. Um, and so that's the first thing I'm going to do when I get off the phone to you is go and follow that so that hashtag don't grow the game. I didn't uh, follow just because you're right. I would have I would have picked up a thousand things. But hashtag grow rugby league is only going to pick up excellent rugby league stories. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I so encourage people to, to, to use it. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, you know who else is uh, hashtag growing rugby league? <laughs> Your sexy voice? <laughs> My sexy voice. I was going to say golden That's point. growing rugby league. <laughs> I was going to say golden point. Kenya. Kenya's growing. Growing the mm. game, growing. I keep saying growing the game, or shouldn't be. But yeah, I interviewed the guys behind the Kenyan Rugby League Federation last week after we got off the phone, Big T. And um, that interview will be released in a couple of weeks' time, and I'm really excited for it. Like it was really cool, and uh, I won't say too much about it. But a few days after the interview, the the guys reached out to me to let me know that they're aiming to start their new season in November. And of course, this oh, will wow. be, yeah, of course this will be de- depending on the country's COVID nineteen situation, like everyone else. Um, but they're, they're, they're very confident things are moving and, uh, I can't wait to release that episode cause yeah, it's uh, Eddie Rombo, the national coach and a gentleman who goes by the name of quicks because his real name is too hard to pronounce, but spoiler alert, I do give it a shot and I think I did okay, but, um, yeah, yeah there's plenty more to come. So yeah, watch this space and hopefully we see uh, the new Kenyan rugby league season uh, starting in November. So I've got one while we're still in that part of the world. I'm in Ghana. Yeah. Uh, golden point to Ghana. In their Instagram account, Rugby League, Ghana has posted something beautiful because it is Father's Day over there. 
um, at the moment. And so I'm actually going to read this verbatim because it's, yeah, it's cool. borderline beautiful. So it says, being a rugby league player teaches you some great values of fatherhood, putting yourself on the line, knowing and accepting your role, being ready to support, never giving up on a chase, tackling all obstacles, being smart and swift, working with others and putting in all for you, the greater good. May these values always be with all fathers and potential fathers. Happy Father's Day to all gallant rugby league players. What a lovely post. And I just saw it after our um, hashtag footy families the other day that I would uh, give us another push in the in the world of family and football because it, it's it's a lovely world and and that was such a beautiful post. It's great to see rugby league and and parenthood hugging once more. Yeah, that is beautiful. Hashtag forty families. That's another one, and that is beautiful. I noticed there was a few Father's Day posts from some of the people that I follow from all over the world. We must be one of the only countries here in Australia that don't didn't celebrate Father's Day today. Must have yeah, I think it's the northern. I think Northern America is celebrating at the moment at the moment as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Anyway, uh, a golden point over to the MEA, uh, Middle East oh, Africa. Yes. So, uh, well, not yes. It's actually not great news, but the rugby. I just love that area. <laughs> you love the MEA Championship. The, yeah, the Rugby yeah. League European Federation Board has confirmed uh, the decision to postpone the 2020 Middle East Africa Championship, which was due to be held in South Africa this October 2020. Uh, and feature four nations. Now, I spoke to the MIA regional director, Ramon Safi, a couple of days ago just to find out when and where the championship will be moved. He said it was disappointing as uh, all we're looking forward to playing this year and building up for World Cup qualification. But with MIA nations still in lockdown and COVID-19 not seeing its peak in the region just yet, it was the only decision which could be made. So it's unclear what the postpone, uh, postponed format will be. Uh, but a decision will be made by the end of the year. I have heard other whispers that it actually won't happen next year because of the World Cup. But look, fingers crossed. Watch this space. Hopefully, hopefully we get that Mia, uh, that Mia Championship um, early next year. Okay, well let's move over to Europe. So Golden Point in Russia. Russia, your favourite. Uh, the that's right. The Russian Rugby League <laughs> have appointed Alexander Kilyov. Kilkyov, as their new president, Alexander has been involved in the sport since 1983 um, as a player and a coach for the Spartak Moscow. On his appointment, um, he said, "Today I want to." Oh God, I should really try a Russian accent, but I'm oh, worried. Please don't. Been <laughs> please yeah, don't. Today, <laughs> it's one of my favourites. Um, today, I want to make. Uh, I want to make, and I will make rugby league a, res- a respect. No, make. Respected in Russia, we are committed to working with the RLEF and the IRL to strengthen rugby league throughout Russia and beyond. Which is such a great Russian perspective that they're going to make it great in Russia and beyond because that's that's what they'll do. That's awesome, and I remember John Christie saying as well in uh, one of my favourite episodes from Russia with Scrums, which you named. Um, he's, he, <laughs> he told me about this guy and how great he's been for the game and how he's been around for so long and. Um, I know he's excited about this appointment and hopefully he does some great things. We all know Russia, you know, was back on track to get on get on with their competition this year. Then COVID-19 happened, but they're still working away to make sure things are ready to go and Russia can build on to bigger and better things. So that's amazing. And spe- speaking and of... Cubs. Yeah. Uh, also, the photo you put up of Alexander where he has a walking cane walking across the <laughs> football field is the greatest photo I've seen in days. It's so and, good. And... Uh, and so it also inspired me that when I, if and when I get my OAM for <laughs> services to rugby league, I will be walking with a cane, whether I need it or not, because it just looks so like Jack Gibson with a huge joke, a huge jacket, cool, 
The, the walking cane's got to come back to rugby league. You don't want to mess with that guy, even with his walking cane. But, oh, um, hell no! And, and shout out to John Christie again, because he sent me that photo. I asked him for some good, a good pic, and that was a that was a brilliant one. So check it out we nailed if you're it. not following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, speaking of gro- uh, growing rugby league, uh, ha- uh, Golden Point over to Poland. So Poland Rugby League is waking up. Uh, rugby League is waking up around the world, I should say, and Poland is no mm. exception. So the Polska Rugby 13 and the Warsaw Tritons, so one of their newest clubs, they're hosting a Whites versus Reds game for the first time in Warsaw on Sunday, 28th of June. Uh, so that'll be this weekend, I think. Uh, players from all rugby league clubs and newcomers from other sports are invited to take part and learn about the greatest game of all. So that's um, awesome to see rugby league waking up in Poland. There's your other hashtag. Hashtag waking rugby league. <laughs> waking just rugby, grow league. rugby league. Waking rugby league. <laughs> we can't start too many. That's going to be crazy. But yeah, maybe we mm. can. Maybe we can. Let's do what we want, whatever we want. What else you got, mate? Anything else? Well, I've got one more. Have you got any other ones in that part of the world? Uh, no, I think that's all I got. I can probably come up with one more if I need to beat you. You know how I am. Serbia. <laughs> oh, how is this for sportsmanship? The, the, the Serbian Cup Grand Final between Red Star and Dorko, a scheduled for Sunday the 21st, was postponed with Dorko requesting additional time to recover from injuries, and Red Star said yes. Yeah, how good is that? You'd never see that happen anywhere. I'm just disappointed that we didn't get to have our sandwich bet on that game, because uh, I think I gave you a 20-point head start, but that'll be happening soon. Postponed, um, postponed. We can still happen. Yeah, it'll right? still happen soon. Can't wait for that game to happen. I'm going to golden point Serbia as well. I'm going to piggyback off the back of that. So with that, ga- with that game being postponed, the um, the Serbian Super League or Superliga was meant to kick off that weekend instead. So they sort of rearranged their schedule a little bit. Red Star right. were meant to play, uh, I think it was Belgrade Novi, or sorry, I've, I've, I haven't got it in front of me, but yeah, Red Star were meant to play this weekend in the Super League opener, the Serbian Super League opener, um, but that didn't happen. There was a COVID scare, so that didn't happen either. So um, disappointing. There was a double, sort of a double postponement, postponement there in Serbia. But um, yeah, it's good to see the comp starting and continuing over there anyway. So awesome. Well, golden point now to Europe, where Euro 13s, uh, where three new clubs have announced since we last spoke. We've yeah. got the Swedish champions, the Skarn Stags, who defeated My Mad Squirrels 21-16 in a friendly last year. Um, so hopefully that's a good rivalry that'll creep up. Uh, and keeping with the championship theme, there's also the Welsh champions, the Rota Outlaws, so another bunch of big winners. And the 10th team was the Birmingham Jaguars, um, who actually caused a bit of controversy on the socials this week. Did, did you hear that? you hear about that one, Cubs? Yeah, I saw some of that back and forth. I guess um, it depends on who you speak to on in either camp. Um, there was a bit going around, and I even read an email today stating that the RLEF had admitted uh, in an email... Sorry, I read in an article today uh, that the RLEF had, had admitted in an email to their member nations that they uh, cannot stop the Euro 13 from going ahead, even if they wanted to. Mmm, fake news? I uh, know. There, there was an email sent out, but... I think there was a little more in the email than what was actually reported in some of the articles that are going around. And I mean, you're often getting hot mail. Did you get that email? <laughs> yeah, I've read. I have read. I have read the email in its entirety. If that's what you're asking. Uh, and is it a public one, or are you sworn to secrecy, or what's going on here? No, I can read. I can hold on. Let me look for it. I'll read it out. I'll read it out. I think it'll be good to have it all out there. Let me just have a look. Maybe Mercho can edit out some of this uh, while I'm looking. But um, <laughs> yeah, okay. I did put you on the spot. No, no, no. Okay, I'll read it out. Um, so this is word for word the email that the RLEF sent out to its members regarding Euro 13. 
Um, so it says, Dear Members, the RLEF provides the following update to members. Following our initial meeting with the organisers of Euro 13, the RLEF requested specific detailed information on its proposal of a club competition. Um, this included information on the ownership structure of Euro 13, financial mm. investment sources to underwrite the tournament and costs to be covered by clubs entering the competition. Uh, unfortunately, the RLEF is yet to receive the specific and confirmed details. Without mm. this information, the board of RLEF cannot make a proper assessment of the competition or potential relationship with the Euro 13. So as such, mm. the RLEF can confirm that it has no formal relationship with Euro 13 at the moment in time, at this moment in time, uh, and is not providing any form of endorsement of the proposed competition. The RLEF will make further efforts for a short period to work with Euro 13 to establish the required information before establishing its final position. Uh, the mm, RLEF yep. recognises that under its articles, they have no power to stop the Euro 13 from proceeding if that was a desired option. Uh, the RLEF no. continues with its own plans for a professional club competition in Europe. We are continuing to hold discussions with a variety of potential investors and developing further detailed plans, uh, which we will share with members in the future. So, yeah, that's the email that went out to, to the RLEF members. Okay, well, I think that's positive. I mean, it makes sense now why they haven't made much of a um, a public relationship comment about it, but yeah. it's out. Before it, it may have been perceived as like a negative thing, like they're just angry at them and they didn't want to, they didn't want to believe this was real. But this sounds like a really professional and sensible response. We want to come down in a position. We just need this key information, and once we have it, um, we'll come up with the position. Because I mean, in it they said they haven't made a final position, so they're still sounding like it's workable, which yeah, is great. Well, which is all you said at the beginning. You just want everyone on both sides to to be trying to make this happen, and it sounds like they they are trying. Yeah, we said it early on. All parties need to work together, or at least be on the same page to make this work. And you know, the RLEF rightfully are just um, looking for answers. Um, and Euro Thirteen hopefully will be giving them some answers, even if they don't. You know, they don't have to, but mm. you know, I think they should to to make sure that everyone's on the same page. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, I'd be interested to know the two questions that they've asked. How yeah. does that, how, I, what's the what's the power process and who's paying for it? I think they're, they're sensible questions. I, I think it. I think um, everyone wants to know that, and I think if, yeah. you know, speaking to Dean Buckin a few times, he most when whenever I ask him a question, his answer is usually time will tell. Um, so you know, hopefully, we find out soon enough. Okay, well, that's all my golden points. Did you have any other golden points before we get to your interview? Yeah, man, I've always got one more just to make sure I beat you. So <laughs> <laughs> even, even I think you won by three, but good for you. <laughs> even if I have to pull it out of a hat. But uh, yeah, look, golden points. Let's go to the Americas. So this is the last one, and it's a good leading to my interview uh, with the reggae warrior Ashton Goulding, actually. So last week we mentioned that the Americas Championship was postponed to 2021. Mm. And I said that it might be replaced by the, uh, it might replace the Americas Nines. Now I spoke to Romeo Monteith from Jamaica Rugby League uh, yesterday, and he confirmed that the Americas Championship, and this is exciting, will in fact run side by side with the Americas Nines. Or that's oh. the plan at the moment. So sounds like it's going to be an awesome event. We'll have the Nines and the the Americas Championship Thirteens format as well at the same time. And that's all in Jamaica. Do we know where it's going to be yet, or we haven't worked that out? I think it's it going to be in the states. Be in Jamaica, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be in the okay. states. I don't know though. That that bit hasn't been confirmed. So look, I shouldn't have okay. even. I shouldn't be guessing. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. Well, so, well my interview. So your interview. Yeah, hmm. the interview this week. Uh, Ashton Goulding. So currently, you know, an absolute su uh, superstar in the Super League. Uh, currently 
playing for the Huddersfield Giants or trying to once all once they're back on the field. Yeah. Obviously, formerly played for the Leeds Rhinos as well. He's one of the key heritage players who helped the Jamaican Reggae Warriors qualify for their first ever World Cup, and that's like what a lot of this conversation is about. Like what's going on in Jamaica, what it was like qualifying, and you know him learning about his heritage and things like that, and ambitions for the future. So I really enjoyed the chat. And um, I know you love Jamaican rugby league content, Big oh. T, so I hope you like it Well, as I can't well. wait for you to talk about this World Cup qualifier because I still have that iconic moment of them all collapsing into each other's arms and on the field when they were successful. So it still it, it rings clear in my mind, so I can't wait to, to listen to someone talk about it. It's going to be awesome. So, well, look, let's uh, we'll leave it at that. Let's go over to that interview. Big T, I'll see you next week. Fuck yeah, Nawadi. And uh, over to my interview <laughs> with Ashton Goulding. All right, Ashton Goulding, welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, buddy. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> Mate, really excited to have you on. I haven't had a chance to speak to any of the players uh, in the in the Jamaican Reggae Warriors lineup before, so this is really exciting news for me. Uh, so thank you. Mate, um, how are things going over there? COVID-19 obviously, you know, still <laughs> happening, unfortunately, but how are things over in the UK? Yeah, um, I think... I think the best way to describe it is, you know, as a whole, as as a nation, as a whole, it's it's really difficult um, because yeah. you know we're, we're quite a relative for the amount of people that live on the island. We're quite a small island, so you know the, yeah. the amount of contact and and the amount of space you get between people is probably not as 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 much as you'd want. But every lockdown and every every individual situation is always different. So me personally, um, you know, I'm not able to go to work, so I have to stay home and and see yeah. my my young family. And for me, it's time I'll never get back so I'm just enjoying every day I can for other people that would definitely change and obviously circumstances of family members being ill um, yep. would change everything but you know you you can only look so far ahead and, and for me right now it's it's not too bad actually no It's good that you're staying positive man and I guess you've got the young family yeah. as you've said so that's awesome. Do you get to keep in touch with your, your boys at the Huddersfield Giants or, or anything like that? Or yeah, you guys, yeah we, we, that, we set up, we set up a little FaceTime face stream, it's really good it's really good you know <laughs> Because I'm, I'm relatively new to the team, so it's difficult. Because when you know we've been through preseason, I feel I feel like I earned the respect, and then you know I feel it all to be taken away and not see them for a few months. So it's really important that we keep that that bond and brotherhood together and tightness with them. So yeah, we stay in touch quite a bit. That's good, man. Have any of the boys put on weight in the in the WhatsApp videos or the Facebook videos, <laughs> or everyone's keeping fit? <laughs> they're all bigger than me, so I ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> Mate, and how is it going? So. The good, the, I guess, the if there's any good news to come out of this, you know, you were sort of injured at the start of the season with your hamstring injury, so you've had some yeah. time to recover. How, how are you feeling? Are you ready to go once this Super League season kicks off again? Yeah, if you said there was a game tomorrow, I'd play. Um, I'm, I'm raring to go. You know, I've been, I've been really strict with myself. I've, I've had a mindset. Um, where, you know, if I train the hardest away from rugby and I eat the cleanest and, you know, I recover the hardest, then there's yeah. nothing stopping me being ready to play when we come back. And, and luckily I'm in a position now where I'm really happy with my recovery. Um, and I know if, my, you know, my physio was here, he'd be really happy as well. So I'm in a really good spot regards to my hamstring, yeah. That's fantastic, man. Well, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Jamaica Rugby League, obviously, as well. But first, I kind of yeah. want to go back back in time to, to a young Ashton Goulding, a young, a young boy and I want to know how you sort of discovered rugby league and what your first memory of the sport was growing up. Yeah, um, 
it's fairly straightforward to be honest. You know, I was just a sports. I was just a sportsman. I just I just played every sport. You know, I played golf, tennis, cricket, uh, football, rugby. You know, athletics. Anything that my school had let me play, I played. Um, I was a very raw athlete. You know, a lot of how do you say it? a lot of natural traits to be a really dominant athlete but unfortunately yeah. just had no skill <laughs> had no <laughs> no concept of you know whatever I wanted to do I just did it and um, my granddad took me in the back garden um, unfortunately he's not with us anymore he passed away eight years ago but yeah. he took me into the back garden and he you know started passing me this this ball and I was thinking yeah what's this you know this isn't too bad and from there you know I had teachers um, you know I'm going to name drop <laughs> Leslie Dixon yeah, Dawson, who who managed to you know get me to go and play from school rugby up into an amateur club, which is Stanley, which is the greatest club on earth. Um, if I may add that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I went up to Stanley and I had a couple coaches, Andy Ellis, Mark Lilly, just to name a couple, um, who really helped me develop my game and. And, you know, without going into too much detail, it just went from strength to strength. I had scout from Leeds Rhinos come watch me, pick me up. Um, and, you know, it, it just developed from there. And then there was a certain point in my life where I thought, you know, this this is my hobby and I really enjoy it, but this this could be my job, this could be my livelihood. And, and yeah, I took it with both hands. And thankfully, you know, I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but, you know, I'm, I'm paying a few bills with what I'm doing. So it's it's positive. You're living the dream, man, and like you know, you had you had yeah. some great seasons with the Leeds Rhinos. You've had some time with the Rovers as well, and you've had some time with Huddersfield. Um, it, it, tell me, take me back. So your your grandfather that you mentioned was is that where your Jamaican heritage comes from, or where? where how do you qualify for Jamaica? Uh, no, that's my other granddad. So um, yeah. the, the granddad that got me into rugby was from Wakefield, and um, yeah, he was. He played it, played at a few clubs, but he never, he never pushed that on me. He was always just happy, just happy go lucky with me, just letting me yeah. play sports and and um, you know one day just passed me a ball and I really enjoyed it and you know it's a real good memory I've got of just me and him and then um, so my heritage actually comes from my other side, from my dad's side. Um, my granddad came over um, to you know help rebuild the country after the after the wars yeah. and you know he got. Uh, he got the option to stay and he thankfully stayed in the country that I now call home and it's um, yeah that's that's literally how I can qualify for Jamaica so I'm guessing there wasn't much rugby league from that side of the family like that your your, your grandfather no. your Jamaican grandfather wouldn't really have known about the sport is that right no, yeah, I mean, you know, you go back to the 1950s and rugby league was yeah. just a passing noise in the wind and you you come to the future now, which is, I know we're going to talk a lot more about it later, but it's not too dissimilar now. Um, you know, it's a really difficult country to break into for sports regarding athletics and football. You know, they're really dominant in Jamaica and, and, to, try and, and to try and get your, you know, your rugby league in there when there's not even one rugby league pitch in the country. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's difficult. It's, it's always going to be an uphill battle, but you know we have some absolutely amazing people over in Jamaica who are pushing the game and, and making up and making um, you know headway with it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that first time you pulled on the jersey for the Reggae Warriors um, over in 2018, yeah. I believe, for that America's Championship. What did that mean to you as a as a young you know English Jamaican lad growing up? In Northern England, well, in fact, I played. Um, I played in 2017 for Jamaica. Um, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. There you go. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. Um, it wasn't as well documented, but I think because we missed out on the World Cup that year, we played a warm-up friendly for France before they went to the World Cup. So oh, we travelled wow. over to France, and you know, I got a phone call from head coach Jermaine, and he was saying, "You look, Ash." 
you know, have you got heritage? Are you interested in playing? And you know, I've always been, I've always been um, real focused, one one zone. I've always, you know. As a youngster growing up, I was an English lad, British lad, yeah. and probably didn't respect the fact that I do have Jamaican heritage. Yeah. And um, it only took me till I got a bit older and I realised, you know, my granddad, who not the one who passed away, the one who's still with me, you know, he won't be here forever. And to be yeah. able to represent that side of my heritage, to show the respect and the, the pride that I do show and I do have for my Jamaican heritage, it's something that, you know, was really massive to me. So as soon as he called me, I said, can I just have a, can I, you know, I need to weigh up my options. And, and as soon as he said, yeah, I went, you know what? No, I know what I want. And I just said, yeah, uh, let's do it. And I had to rebook a holiday, I had to move stuff around. Logistically, it was a nightmare, <laughs> but it was one of the greatest days of my rugby league career. Um, that's awesome, that's, man. So you didn't, you didn't see it coming. I'm guessing you never really even thought about, you know, no, like playing for no. Jamaica in rugby league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, that, I definitely didn't see it coming. That's awesome. It's great that you get to be more in touch with you. <laughs> Who's that? My dog, someone just knocked at my door. Sorry, mate. That's okay, mate. He, he's happy you played for Jamaica as well in 2017. Oh, he is. Reggie. Reggie the Labrador. As Jamaican as you can get. <laughs> mate, well, let's talk about 2018. So you've obviously had that taste yep. against France. And then 2018, you're heading over to Jacksonville. Um, tell us about that. Like you guys kind of shocked the rugby league world a little bit. You, you, uh, spoiler alert, the first Jamaican rugby league team to qualify for, for a world cup. What was it like going in and did you expect for what happened to have happened? Um, you know what, I'm, I'll always say it until, you know, my day comes, I'll never enter anything thinking I'm going to come second. So I entered, I, I, we entered the competition knowing full well that we had to win it. Um, there was no second prize because second's just the first loser in my opinion. So we was fully prepared. We had the best, you know, the best available SNC, the best available doctor, best available physio, uh, the best available coaches, you know, we brought Chef Walker with us, um, who, you know, as a decorated rugby league player in his own right. Um, we had a couple of Super League players. Um, we had a lot of championship players. You know, we was a really, really good, diverse mix of players with all the same common goal, you know, to do the some, do something that no Jamaican rugby league team's ever done. And, you know, you go back 10 years, 15 years to when the Jamaican rugby league started and it was a distant dream to make the World Cup. And we're here now. And, you know, my question that I've asked to my, all my coaches and all the players is, where do you reckon we'll be in 10, 15 years, lads? Like, if we do well now, it's just a foot in the, a foot in the, the doorway for other players and, you know, really talented, talented players to come through the system. So, you know, we was fully expecting to, to do really well. But it wasn't an arrogance thing. It was more of a belief. You know, we, we, we just felt the vibe, <laughs> as you'd say. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. And you played... You played a bit of dummy half in that series as well, so you you obviously more of a fullback. But was that a last minute thing, or was that just something that coach thought was required for for that week? No, um, so throughout that year, you know, I was always struggling to get into my fullback position with the Rhinos. So I always played a lot of dummy half. Um, yep. My coach always said, Brian McDermott always said, you know, I need you in the team, so wherever we can get you in, we'll play yep. you. Um, so I played yep. a lot of dummy half, and I did, I did all right. And you know, Jamaica were obviously watching, and they knew that. You know, my coaches, Jermaine and Chev, Chev at Leeds as well. Yep. And just before the game, our halfback's hamstring 
knee or hamstring, I can't remember. Um, it was a little bit dodgy. And, you know, I had to make the tough decision, travelling all that way from the UK to the US and just say, look, lads, I'm, I'm no good. Because he knew if he played and he didn't make it, it would just be more detrimental to the team. So I just put my hand up and I said, look, because our, our hooker was also a halfback. So he went into the half and I said, look, lads, if we're struggling for an hooker, I'll do it. I'm not I'm not too fussed. I'll, I'll put my body on live, 50 minutes, 50 tackles, hurt myself for you boys. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't anticipate yeah. it. I was a fullback at the time before the game, so I was thinking, ah, oh, Cruzy just running around and telling people yeah. what to do next minute. I'm in the washing machine. <laughs> You're right in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. And tell me yeah. about, so that vi- that victory, you know, you guys finally, you, you beat the US, you qualify to make to the first ever World Cup for Jamaican Rugby League. What was the celebration like? What was the feeling like amongst the boys? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was actually really humbling. Um Really, really humbling because I only joined the you know the Reggae Warriors due to my head for, since I was since 2017. Sorry, and some of the boys in that squad that had just qualified were there since 2010, doing the same mm. thing every year, and it was just like Groundhog Day for them. Get up, yeah. get up, get up, get qualified, get to the World Cup qualifications and fail. Get up, get up, get up, qualifications fail, and you know they did that three times before. So I was thinking. This is for them. Like I know it's for me because I will hopefully have selected playing that World Cup. Yeah. But this is for the players that have done it and can't play in the World Cup. You know, we, we qualified with another three years to go till the World Cup. So yep. some of them players yep. naturally would either lose form um, or not be selected. So it was for them. So I really enjoyed the celebrations. You know, all the boys. You know, That's awesome. <laughs> the story yep. you can't speak about, but it was very good. <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about that after we we I, I turn off the record button. But um, mate, um, tell tell me about because obviously the way the way Jamaica's building is really interesting because you've obviously got you've mentioned like yourself like some really strong heritage players from the UK in the championship and the Super League, which is awesome, and that's you know obviously why you know you're up there and so strong and and you've made a World Cup. But there's yeah. also some some guys domestically, you know, Romeo Montif doing an, an incredible job in Jamaica, you know, there's a domestic competition there and some of the boys from that domestic competition have been able to to mix in with you guys um, at the top level, especially in that, that match last year against the England Knights. There was a couple yeah. of the boys flew over. What's it like, you know, mixing it with those guys and, and who, who have you met and what are you learning about rugby league over there? Um, so, you know, I did, a, I, did, I did a few fact-finding things just because I wanted to really you know, portray and show everybody what it's actually like in Jamaica for rugby league. Um, yep. So, you know, the, the, the thing is at the moment now, we've got around a thousand players registered in Jamaica to play rugby league, which is absolutely amazing. Um, yep. There's a domestic league in Jamaica, um, which runs annually. And, you know, the, the, the only issue we've got is the ideology behind rugby league in Jamaica. So it's a very traditional country in the respect that you know, athletics and football are seen to be the more dominant sport and compare bills. So a lot of naturally gifted athletes would tear towards them because, you know, they'll yeah. help pay them. the bills. Naturally, you've got to do that. You know, you've got to put bread on your, your family's table. Um, now, with regards to some of the players coming through the pathway, the pathway system in Jamaica is very similar to other countries. Domestic league players would then get selected to play into a trial game. So there's there's a lot of parishes, uh, regions in Jamaica, and yep. you know only only really two parishes. A lot like um, 
New South Wales and Queensland, um, yep. two parishes, you know, and they'll play each other, the Blues and Reds, and out of that will be selected for the national squad. So you've got, you know, Jamaica B, you've got Jamaica A, which are also called the Hurricanes, and then you've got the Jamaican international squad. Now, last year, I believe Kamisi, um, he's, you know, a natural athlete and a big athlete at that. Uh, he's about six foot five, you know, built, no fat on him. And he, he made the pathway all the way through. And and once he got to the, the top level in Jamaica, um, he flew out and, and joined us and played against England Knights. So the pathway in Jamaica is there. It's just, again, a lot of ideology behind, well, rugby league, what is it? It's not really a sport. You know, the government... There's been occasions where lads have turned up to train, and this is going to be developing the game in Jamaica. Yep. And Romeo sorted all that out, and they've turned up to train, and they've been chased off of fields because it's not a sport in Jamaica. It's not yeah, seen well. to be. It's not seen to be, you know, big enough. Or you know, when Romeo goes into schools and speaks to principals and says, "Look, I really think you should put rugby league on your curriculum. You know, it's really good for this and this and this," and people just laugh at him because. It's not football and it's not athletics, so it's always, always going to be an uphill battle in Jamaica. But you know, with the thousand people playing now, um, I know that his goal is to maintain thousand over the next five years, if not yep. increase it a little bit. And in the next ten years, you know, he really wants to see uh, a massive participation boost. Plus, you know, trying to reach that semi-professional level, which is more than achievable once the barriers are knocked down. But they're just not. Yeah. They're just still there. Yeah. That's incredible. And do you think, like qualifying for a World Cup? Obviously, some of the barriers have been knocked down already. Do you think it's made a difference? I do think it's made a difference on the mindset. But until we play, until we set foot on the pitch, and it's on TV, and a and a kid can look at the TV and say, "Mum, what's this?" And it, and it's and it's there in front of them, and the parent goes, I, "I don't know." And then they have to look into it and say, "Look, oh, it's rugby league. We've got a team in the World Cup. Oh, well, we'll watch that and we'll see how it goes." And you know, it's that it's that moment there that I think will really make a lot of headway with it and really start to increase participation numbers. But just just breaking down a few barriers. That's all. That's all it'll be. That's huge, man. And realistically, like moving towards that World Cup, where where just over a year away now let's assume you're there you're in the squad which i think you will be um what do you think is achievable like what are some of the goals for jamaica is it just turning up and being competitive or do you think you guys can get get an upset uh definite upsets <laughs> like, like i said before i would never change my mindset whether we play um a or B I'm not going to name two teams um, my mindset will never change I'll never go into a game thinking I'm going to lose and I know we've got in our group uh, Lebanon Ireland New Zealand and obviously Jamaica now I, I see that group and I'm getting excited I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking well you know the, 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 this will be a tough game It'll be a tough game but I've seen it happen before and, and you know if, if we can do this and I'm looking at the league uh, our group sorry and I'm thinking you know we've got a really good chance of getting out of that group um, and from there you know it's automatic qualification for the next World Cup and then it's just about having fun and, and you know really really showing what you're made of and, and having that expression um, so yeah you know the, there is realistic goals that we've got we understand that it's not <laughs> it's, it's nowhere near in our favour any of them games but I think we're, we're we're all working hard enough to understand that if we really want it and we work hard enough, there's an, there's no reason why we can't have it now.
Is it one of those games that you're looking forward to the most? And I'm not saying that you 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 know which game will you win or which game you know what like, but you know turning up against the New Zealand or uh, yeah. Kiwi side like that must be crazy to think that you're going to be doing that soon potentially. Yeah, I mean, I played I played the the Kiwis when they came over in twenty was it. 15 um, for Leeds they had like an exhibition game at Edenley and yep. that was mega you know seeing the hacker at live in front of you and yeah well so yeah I'd love to see that again um, I'm really keen to play Ireland and I know it's I know it sounds it's just a lot of people that I know would be playing for Ireland and there'd be that yeah, kind yeah. of rivalry and banter going on and, and I'm, I'm not quite I'm not quite sure what to expect from Lebanon because I know in the last World Cup they did really well um, yep. and I know they've got some star players and things like that but again the style of player um, I don't know whether that that uh, that suit how I like to play. Um, it really yeah, depends def- who 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 yeah. turns up for Lebanon. Um, yeah, it does. It really does. It's, fu- it's funny you mentioned Ireland because I spoke to uh, Ronan Michael, who's uh, your teammate at the Giants, uh, yeah, a few weeks ago. <laughs> so you know that's going to be. I don't know who I'm going to support there when when Ireland plays Jamaica between the two of you because you're both awesome lads. But um, that must be exciting, and and you know, one of you are going to going to be able to rib the other. That's for sure. Yeah, well, let's let's hope it's a Jamaican flag flying after the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, what about what about some of the like Jamaican Jamaicans over in the UK? So obviously, like when it comes to like rugby league as a sport in Northern England, is obviously you know a little more popular than it is all over the rest of England. But you've got your sort of Jamaican her- or your West Indies heritage sort of. There's plenty that live over there um, that originate from from the islands. And they're not massive rugby league fans. Like, they're probably more football fans. Am I right in saying yeah. that? Yeah, no, no, bang on. Do you think there's an opportunity for them to really get behind rugby league and get behind the sport with you guys at the World Cup? Yeah, I mean, we showed it. You know, we when we played the England Knights, um, I think previous records for England Knights attendance might have been 7,000, maybe. Not, not even that, maybe 3,000, sorry. And, you know, Jamaican... Rugby League have never got a crowd over a thousand, I don't believe. So yeah. when we when we put the game on, the main thing was, you know, get into the community, um, get to the black music festivals, get to carnival, let people know we have we have a Jamaican rugby league team and we've got to the World Cup. So we did a lot of promoing, we did a lot of um canvassing foot you know, getting boots on the ground, talking to people, letting them know. Um, big West Indian community in Leeds, so really hammered Leeds, you know, the Chapel Alton, uh, so you are not Chapel Town, Chapel Alton, them kind yep. of areas. Um, and we managed, you know, we, we managed to get a fair, a fair amount of people to the game. We had steel pans playing and and things like that. So it was really, um, I don't know, it was, because I've played at Edinley many a times and it was um, a completely different atmosphere. Yeah, well. it, regardless, regardless of how the game was going, it was upbeat and dancing. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, it was mint. But yeah, we managed to get a lot of people uh, that wouldn't come to a game to the game. I think we broke the record for the England Knights attendance and the Jamaica attendance as well. So it's crazy, man. It's really exciting, and I can't wait to see that passion at the World Cup. You know, when the last yeah. World Cup here here in, in Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea. You had a lot of those the the Pacific Island nations that really bought this incredible flavor. Of course, Tonga did what they did, but you had, you know, all the different harkers and war cries and the Fijians yeah. with their prayer before the game, and it was just an incredible. It's something that no other sport has been able to really like showcase as well as that rugby league World Cup did. 
and 2021, we're going to be able to add the Jamaicans with a totally new flavor into the mix. And yeah. I'm pumped, man. I can't wait to see you guys doing what you do. Um, so it's so a good luck. I hope you do. Like you said, getting th- qualifying to that second stage, that would be huge. Like that would be yeah. absolutely massive. I know all our listeners will be definitely cheering you guys on. So let's talk more about Ashton Goulding, mate, and your, your future goals. So obviously you've had, you know, you've moved from Leeds to Huddersfield and you, you enjoy You're going to be hopefully enjoying your season at the Giants soon with um, once Super League is starting up again. But what yeah. would a good season look like for you, and what would the next what what, what would the le- next few years look like for you? What are some of your goals, mate? Um, yeah, I'm I'm quite a simple person when I come to my my own goals. Um, you know, there's obviously goals that I probably just keep to myself, just just so I can you know achieve them. But I mean, my overall goal this year would just be consistency, um, consistency of playing, uh, being able to assist my teammates wherever and whenever they need me you know I'm not I don't really want to be a, a flashy kind of guy and want all the glory I just I just want to make sure that you know as a team you know we can achieve something I didn't sign Fodersfield just on the basis of you know money or, or things like that I really wanted to achieve something and looking at the squads I mean you know you, you go down the squad list and from 1 to 35 everybody's a talent and I think it's really important to recognise that and look just not not just for the first year because I want to win something this year. Don't get me wrong, and be really good for the next year, which we're really good. I'm I'm 23, so I've, I'm kind of looking longevity as well as short term, and I see yeah. a really big future at Uddersfield. So I think that my goals would obviously be win something. Uh, if I give it three in the next five years, I think you know I'd I'd love to win a Challenge Cup or a Super League. Um, or a league leaders, I think I'd really just want to be consistent. So be a consistent performer in the team. Give it a, you know, if it's a eight and nine out of ten every week, then I'd be flipping absolutely over the moon. Um, and another goal, another goal. I don't know. Do, do it. <laughs> I guess do it. Do it the right way. <laughs> do everything the right way. Yeah, that, that's decent. Yeah. Put on you, man. I keep forgetting that you're only twenty three. Like it feels like you've done quite a bit already, and and like you're still a young lad and. You're definitely always thinking about the future and like you've got your business as well, which you started recently, yeah. so the, the House of Coffee. Um, and it's yeah. very rare to see a 23-year-old rugby league player sort of thinking about life after rugby league. So get, make, give that a plug. Tell us a little bit about that and how that all came about. Um, well, it's fairly straightforward, that one, because obviously my son is young and I've always I've always thought to myself, you know, there's, there's two reasons, you know, why I'd change clubs or I'd do anything. And one of them would be the birth of my son. And I thought, you know what, my son's here. Um, a lot of things happened and, you know, snowballed. And I just thought it's time for a change and it's time to really get serious about, you know, being responsible because if the worst ever came to it, I need something or someone in, in place to, to make sure my son's, you know, okay. And, and I've always had a love for coffee. I think coffee, a rugby league player and coffee just go hand in hand. Um, so, for sure. you know, <laughs> I always had that little bit of knowledge and passion in that department and I had a, had a sit down with one of my really good friends and, you know, he, he, he's very business savvy. I'm probably not as business savvy, more of a, a coffee guy where he's business so we got our heads together and and yeah the rest is really history we, we open up in a few weeks in Horsforth uh, in Leeds if anyone's listening from that area pop in um, and we really can't wait we want to you know we want to bring something different to the, the coffee industry in Horsforth so we, we make, we're roasting our own beans we've come up with a nice blend that we think would appeal to people in that area um, 
and yeah, you know, there's not much more I can say about a coffee shop other than if you're around, come try it and, and say hi. Yeah. If you're from Leeds, you're listening, check it out. Tell them Cubs from Chasing Kangaroos sent you, and that'll be awesome. <laughs> if someone does that, tell me. That'll be awesome. I but it seems 50% to be percent off if fifty percent <laughs> off. You heard it here first. If you mention Chasing Kangaroos, that's awesome, man. Um, and it's you're right about rugby league players and coffee. I don't know if you might be one of the first over there to do it, but over here in Australia, we've got like Ryan Girdler, the ex Kangaroo, Penrith Panthers. He's got a, a chain of coffee shops. Uh, Jason Nightingale, the Kiwi representative in St. George Illawarra Dragon, he's opened his coffee shop about a year ago. So it's it's something about rugby league and coffee. Um, Yeah, that's really cool, mate. That's really cool. Man, no, um, I'll give Australia one thing. They do good coffee. Everyone we do all right, hey? Over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as good as Italy, mate. We're right up there. Number two in the world, I reckon. But, yeah, um, that's it. Mate, let, let's go full circle. So, Jamaica. Back to Jamaica uh, before we before we say goodbye. But do you see Jamaica or do you see the Reggae Warriors as being, like, part of your long-term future? Like, are you, gonna be, are you in it for the long haul? Or is it sort of just take it as it comes and see what, what you can do and what you can contribute for the sport over there? Um, I'd say a mixture of both. I'd say in the simple fact that, you know, it's always been one of my dreams to represent my heritage and, and show my passion and, and my love towards where I've come from. Now, I'm not using this as a stepping stone at all or a platform because, you know, I'm I'm in it for the long haul with Jamaica in the respect that if that coach wants me to play or the coach in charge wants me to play and if I am available, like if I'm selected, yes, I'm putting my hand up. If I'm selected, I would never turn it down for another opportunity, no, because I think by doing that, it, it undermines all the work that I've done and it undermines all of the reasoning why I've done stuff. And again, I don't think it would be doing it the right way. Um, now, obviously, I'm, I'm also British and I'm English, and if that opportunity yeah. ever came about, I'd have to seriously consider that as well. But that's not to say that this is a stepping stone for me. This is something that I'm, I'm truly passionate about. And, um, I think, you know, you ask a lot of the UK based heritage players, the same question and they may, they may say differently, but I, I'm pretty sure 98, 90, 100% of them would say the same. You know, this is, this is their passion and their love and this is what they want. But I guess, I guess a difficult question in the fact you never know until it happens. Um, so right now I'm, and for the foreseeable future, I'm fully committed to Jamaica. And I don't just see it for this one World Cup. I see being part of this Jamaican squad for the next 10, 15 years, you know, to the end of my career. That's where I see myself. Um, yep. And in that time, I think we can take the sport to a new high. I really do. I think I think a lot like, um, is it the, ah, neck, I don't want to sound stupid, like the PNG Hunters, is that like a, a PNG team, based team? Yeah, so the Hunters are a Queensland Cup club. Um, that yeah. yeah, the only PNG side in the Queensland Cup, and the, and it's a great pathway for for you know we're seeing guys like Justin Ollum now who plays for the Melbourne Storm, uh, Eden Gebby who plays for South Sydney Rabbitohs, and they've come through that pathway and that system, the PNG Hunters, all the way to the NRL. Yeah, and that's something that I can potentially see happening over here. Awesome. Um, that would be that would be a massive step for the Jamaican Rugby League. I think to be able to identify. And give them a platform to play would be would be well, it'd be unreal. There's some of the talent, some of the talent yeah. and natural talent that you can get that we're just missing, and it's no fault of our own in the sport. It's just I don't think the sport is attracting them athletes at the moment, and I yeah. think as a sport, yeah. probably need to push it a bit more in this country anyway. But 
Yeah, awesome. How do you see? How would you see that working? Let's expand on that a little bit more because, like, obviously in the NRL, there's a clear pathway. It's not like over yeah. there in the Super League where there's promotion relegation. But do you see like, is there potential for a like a Kingston club playing in League One and trying to work their way up, or how? How or is it more about establishing an academy that is linked with a with a club over there? That you know how. How would it work in your in your mind? Well, in my mind, it'd be a full independent club. Um, I think it's just I think they're lacking investors, and I think they're lacking ambition uh, in that yep. regard. Because you know you've got you've got two Canadian teams now: the Toronto Wolfpack and the Ottawa Aces. You know they're yep. excuse me they're looking they're looking ready to go. Um, whenever we're allowed, I think them two teams will be back on it going. And yep. you know Canada and Jamaica are in the same. Uh, region, you know, North America. So there's no reason why that can't work. But I think it'd be a, a based. So in my mind's eye, I reckon it's a based team in the UK. So they've got their own base in the UK, and yep. it's you know it's predominantly to attract Jamaican or West Indian heritage players to then develop and play. So it's a pathway for them because I just feel you know there's a lot of natural talent that does get missed um, through no through no fault of anyone's. It's just it is the natural way of things, and and if you can start to you know attract other people and give them another option to play, then you know you catch better talent, I believe. So I don't know. I don't, it was just a crazy thought, maybe, but there might be something in it. <laughs> you never know, man. When there's some passionate guys like Romeo behind Jamaican rugby league, anything yeah. is possible. Made final That's question. It. We've all watched the movie Cool Runnings, the Jamaican bobsled team. Do you reckon there'll be a Jamaican rugby league version? sometime in the future <laughs> um, I'd hope so but I want to stars myself I don't want no one playing me I don't think they'll understand how to play me I'm too I'm too a bit I'm a bit out there <laughs> cool, cool Runnings 2 the Jamaican Rugby League story starring Ashton Goulding, yeah. Goulding. I reckon nah, it's, no it's, it's on no let's speak no one's we'll going to do a movie about us I think we're just all I think the beauty of why I like playing with the Jamaican boys is as well um a lot like playing at Featherston, you know, a lot of them are semi-professional, go to work during the day, come and train on yeah. the night, and I think something about that just tells me, you know, honesty and hard work, and and that's ultimately what got us the win in 2018 to get to the World Cup. You know, we didn't yeah. score a point in the second half, and neither did the USA, and it was just hard work and, and flipping grit that got us that win, and, and that's why I love it so much with the boys, and you know, I can't wait to spend next 10, hopefully 12 years, you know, representing Jamaica with them, and... and um, yeah, hopefully get a couple more World Cups after this one. I can't wait to watch it unfold, mate. And uh, thank you for joining me. Good luck when the Super League season kicks off again eventually, uh, hopefully soon. And good luck at the World Cup next year, mate, if we don't speak before then. But Ashton Goulding, thank you for chasing kangaroos with me. No, nah, no dramas. Thanks for having me. Cheers, mate. Cheers, bud.